Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the podcast that usually laughs in the face of politics, but this week it's mostly wailing in despair, shouting, stop, stop, it's already dead. This is episode 124, I'm Tin and Duyeb, and while I would usually start this podcast with a joke about, I don't know, a political story of the past week, today I want to mention how the NASA Voyager 2 probe has successfully left the solar system, and after the past week of politics, I've never been more jealous of a spacecraft in my life. Ah, oh, let's just chuck this jingle in right now, eh? Shall we? Brexit Prime Minister Theresa May, a.k.a. Thickerus, made a statement to the Commons entitled Exiting the European Union, a title that would have only been positive if it was about her personal plans to give up, piss off and live on an entirely different continent. But instead it was to tell MPs that no vote on a bad deal is better than a meaningful vote on a bad deal or something like that, as she delayed MPs getting a chance to make it official that her plan was as popular as a Christmas present from your distant aunt. You know, the one who insists on finding out absolutely nothing about you and sending something to make makes everyone nauseous when you unwrap it. May announced in her usual underconfident I'm about to cry voice that she had to defer the vote because there was no agreement on the backstop, which is true because Brexiteers still don't want any insurance for Northern Ireland as then they'd have to be named as main drivers and accept some responsibility if there's a horrendous crash. Meanwhile, remainders don't want the backstop because it's not something that allows them to go back in time and stop all of this like an actually answerable baby Hitler problem. But stop. Uh, rewind. Yes, that's me with only a few strands of hair left after spending today pulling them out every time there was a breaking news update. How did we get to this entirely unsurprising situation in a current political climate where it would only be a shock if someone did something remotely competent? And I mean, the bar is so low that all it would take is for someone to report that love child of an estate agent and a bassoon dominant Rob hadn't stopped in his stride to lick a plug socket and I'd be speechless. Where were the constant signs that were all triangular ones with cascading rocks or at least an angry looking animal that said this was going to happen? Well, let's take it back, way back, back into time. Well, actually, okay, only last Tuesday, but let's be honest, that now feels like so long ago, it should already probably be written into a tapestry if I wasn't so certain that someone with the Commons would make a historically inaccurate comment about it for their own Brexit belief within a matter of minutes. 
On Tuesday, the Commons found the government to be in contempt of Parliament, something that, yes, does seem like the next natural step after eight years of being constantly in contempt of the public. This means the UK government are the first in history to achieve such a ruling, and despite it being really whatever the opposite of an achievement is, I'm pretty sure they'll still boast about it at the next Conservative conference before pointing out how the last Labour government couldn't manage it even over the Iraq war. That was one of three votes that the government lost in the Commons in what will from now on be likely referred to as Ha Ha Tuesday, with the other major one being MPs backing the Commons having a say in the Brexit deal if May continues to be more pointless than an apology from Kevin Hart. So, if MPs do vote against her deal, whenever it happens if it does, then it will be down to Parliament to sort it out. And then if Parliament fail, I think it's then down to the winner of Strictly, uh, who's then going to be in charge. Then I think if they fail, then it's just going to be third prize in a meat raffle, after which it will be down to the first first magpie that's seen after January the 2nd, or something. The contempt of Parliament vote was, of course, because government had refused to divulge the full Brexit legal advice, despite a Commons vote in November saying they had to, because there's nothing like a government fighting for sovereignty when they don't even want to respect how their own system works. I'm now certain that there's a Conservative codebook that lists all the terms that mean the reverse of what they sound like, you know, including things like, for example, sovereignty, but also affordable housing and James Cleverly. The legal advice was published on the Wednesday and it turns out there was a reason the government didn't want to release it. Who knew? I mean, I just assumed that they'd held back a report against Parliament's wishes because, you know, they'd had enough reading already and didn't want to give them any more or, ooh, it's on very sharp paper and no one wants a paper cut in December. But no, it turns out, unsurprised, that they were just being deceitful as the full advice said that May's backstop plan could risk a stalemate and no, that's not just a fair way to describe her husband, Philip May, but instead that the UK could be caught in it indefinitely. Oh, God, imagine... Imagine that, being caught in safe mode when the other option is that your computer crashes and just before it dies it sends your internet history to all your friends and family. May then spent the entire week churning out really hollow rhetoric in order to persuade the public, who also aren't getting a vote on her deal anytime soon, to back her deal, which doesn't even make sense. I mean, most of the British public can't be asked to click a poll on Twitter, let alone write to their MP because the Prime Minister said something shit while visiting a fishery. It's further proof that she has absolutely no idea how the public work. I'm very much waiting for a campaign encouraging people to send a telegram to their representative or, I don't know, calling them via a landline. For her campaign, May wheeled everything out. All the comments. There was nothings off the table, a phrase hoping to persuade MPs that there might be flexibility on the Irish backstop, but what it actually sounds like is that she can't be asked to clear all the crap that was already on the table off. Her deal is unappetising at the best of times, but trying to digest it off of unwashed plates covered in old inedible Brexits no one's wanted the first time round doesn't really work. Then there was the whole, the message I've heard is that people want us to get on with it, which she assumed was about Brexit, but it could also be an instruction that people bellow whenever she makes a speech because it's so mind-numbingly awful, or perhaps it's just to someone else in their vicinity who's willing to execute them so they don't have to listen to Theresa May anymore. So many possibilities. And of course, the big favourite bit of rhetoric that May has been wheeling out is the vote for my deal or risk uncertainty gem, because history has shown how well that worked out for her predecessor and beef pate in a dog poo bag, David Cameron, hasn't it? May's guarantee of certainty seems to be that if her deal is voted for, then we'll certainly get a Brexit that no one on either side of the eternal debate will like. Or you can face the uncertainty of, sure, a no deal, but also possibly a Brexit maybe not happening, or a new government. I mean, that's two out of three better options. It's Russian roulette versus a guaranteed shot in the face with an otherwise useless London mayoral water cannon. It's like saying, accept this sandwich I've made with my own turds, or you may have to have the turds without bread, or, you know, just not have anything, or get someone to take me away and lock me up for all my weird turd sandwich peddling. 
Obviously, a no-deal situation is pretty bad, though, and you don't want to risk it. More details about the lack of preparation that the government have done for it include the M20 in Kent likely to become full of stationary traffic for at least six months while the Dover Customs Port is sorted out. With Kent supposedly the Garden of England and the M20 becoming a parking lot, a no-deal now sounds a lot like the worst possible cover of Big Yellow Taxi. Five days of debates on May's vote started in the Commons and while they only made it to three days before everything they were discussing was made pointless like a tiresome series reset where they decided actually it was all a dream or in this case an endless night terror where the audience were unable to do anything about it despite witnessing what feels like actually badly written horror. The other way that Brexit is obviously similar to a series reset is that it would also keep having new characters interplay parts that we already know only in this case the Prime Minister appears to be a truly shit casting director only finding the most unsuitable. Is there anything she can do? But those three days of debates weren't pointless because they provided Parliament and various interviewers during the week with comments that were a level of stupidity a showrunner or scriptwriter could only dream of. Former Foreign Secretary and only man whose DNA test says he's directly related to primordial ooze, Boris Johnson, told the Commons that we may be down 1-0 at this stage of the negotiation with the EU, but we can still win 2-0. Though on the surface it seems like that's a comment only a massive idiot could make, because it is, it also wouldn't surprise me if Boris played sports by gaslighting the other team, insisting their goals just never happened. Later in the week, Boris insisted that removing the backstop from the deal would be easy to do, again seemingly sounding ignorant because, well it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if Boris has only ever negotiated by spilling a bottle of Tipex over bits he doesn't like before trying to snort the rest of it. Why would anyone take negotiating tips anyway from a man who's managed to get a British woman a longer prison sentence in Iran than she already had because he forgot what job she did? I mean, it's beyond me. I'm fairly certain if the deal was up to Boris, he'd say I get the UK something that cost even more than May's deal and involved special controls that were mainly in place to stop other world leaders from ever having to talk to him again. It could be that Boris's comments were all over the place because he's a burk, or it could be because his mind was on having to apologise to the Commons for failing to declare £52,000 of income from his Telegraph column and other sources. But then it also isn't unlike Boris not to mention things that he thinks will land in his favour, such as actual facts or the truth. An unnamed fan of Bojo in the Conservative Party, which I think means it was just Boris putting on a funny voice, likened him to Aslan from the Narnia stories, though I'm certain they just mean that he often hides in wardrobes in the hope of making friends with children who'll be his intellectual equals. After Boris, it was the turn of disgraced MP Liam the Disgraced Fox the Disgrace, who accused the Commons of trying to steal Brexit from the British public. Firstly, that shows he still has no idea about how Parliament works, and secondly, it really makes you wonder why he's upset about them supposedly stealing Brexit from you all, but stealing taxpayers' money for him and his pal's expenses is still obviously fine. Hey, I suppose it is hard for Fox to have double standards when he doesn't have any singular ones in the first place. Pretty Patel, the sort of woman who, if she met the Wizard of Oz, would demand his heart, not to replace her hard-boiled rock of an emotionless organ, but just so she could watch him die before she punched a munchkin for sport. She asked why we couldn't use possible food and supply shortages to Ireland as a way to blackmail them into saving us from a no-deal. Yes, because nothing builds camaraderie and future trade possibilities like picking old wounds with a machete. I reckon we're about a week away from her heading to the Green Isle herself on a week off and trying to eat all the potatoes until something changes. And Esther, I'm only in it to collect souls, McVeigh, said she'd run for Conservative Minister if she was asked. You know, in the same way she'd only enter your house and suck your blood dry if you invited her in. On the other team, Labour leader and anthropomorphised jumble sale Jeremy Corbyn wrote a long opinion piece for The Guardian on what Labour wants from Brexit, which seems to me mostly being in the single market while not being in the single market. 
great. And that should definitely work brilliantly on account of, you know, that being one of the things that the EU definitely said you cannot do time and time again over the last two years. I mean, it's becoming increasingly hard to pretend Labour has some sort of secret big plan that involves them flip-flopping all over the place like a drunk salmon, when it's much more likely that their main strategy is just to keep returning to and licking the poo and every time hoping really hard that it's now become ice cream. The TV debate between May and Corbyn was cancelled after neither could reach an agreement with how it could be done. Is there nothing that they do that isn't a metaphor for Brexit? Corbyn didn't like the BBC format, and let's face it, there's every chance that their version of balance included two people endlessly firing the same not-possible solutions at each other. Uh-oh. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh. May didn't like the ITV format, which involved, you know, her being asked questions. So instead, Channel 4 showed the real Brexit debate, which involved people who always say the same things, saying the same things for everyone's lack of enjoyment. But hey, I guess it is the season for repeats. Conservative MP and giant baby Will Quince resigned from the Cabinet in protest against May's deal on Saturday. I don't even know what his problem with it was, uh, to be honest, I haven't looked it up. I don't really care. But I do care that a Conservative MP is called Will Quince, because that is up there with the most Conservative names a Conservative MP could have. I mean, who's next to go? Cecilia Caviar, Freddie Twelve Houses, Hugo Rich Friends, Emily Inheritance, Malcolm Paedophile, am I right? And as if by that point all the odds weren't already stacked up against Arch Odd May and her plan, the EU court then ruled that the UK can cancel Brexit without the EU27's permission. I say that's bloody typical, eh? Blooming EU letting the UK have sovereignty over its Article 50 triggering. Well, we'll bloody show them and not use it. <laughs> Who's the idiots now? <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's us again. The government, in all their wisdom, have said that the court's ruling is irrelevant as we're leaving the EU anyway and that they didn't want to go to your party in the first place because they're having their own one with a cup that they've drawn a face on, some old crisps and water that someone blew bubbles into with a straw. So that's contempt of Parliament, stupid comments, backing out of a debate she wanted to do in the first place, Will Quince (laughs) and an Article 50 revocation ruling. So here we are with May deferring a vote on her deal, a deal that she said was the best deal negotiable with the EU, but is now going back to discuss other options, which doesn't really make sense. I mean, if that's the best deal, what are the other options? A deal that's pretty much the same, but also everyone will get stung in the eyes by a bee every Wednesday? No deal at all, but also to visit Europe, everyone will just have to swim the channel and France are allowed to throw old baguettes at us till we get near? Who knows? May ask the House if they actually want to deliver Brexit, which is a stupid question, as it got answered with a resounding no, like you'd get if a supply teacher asked a class if they all want to skip PE and eat pins all afternoon. It's a stupid question. I mean, judging by May's government, I'm not sure they could adequately deliver hate mail without it arriving several years after the intended victim had already died. May then did her usual lecturing on how a people's vote would not be democratic, despite her government being done for contempt. So her lecturing on democracy is a bit like Gary Barlow educating people in the benefits of tax, or Ed Sheeran going round judging people's on-stage dress sense, or musical ability, or personality. The DUP and Tory Brexiteers say they won't back May's deal if it still has a backstop. The EU have said they refuse to renegotiate a new deal. Labour and the Lib Dems are discussing a no-confidence vote in the government. And there's no new date for the vote, though the last day it can be is on March the 28th, the day before we leave, because nothing focuses the mind like last-minute prep, eh? Overall, it seems like this year's festive season will only really involve one massive turkey on the table and an entire country that's stuffed. Oh, and in other news, uh, as if there's any, is the ancient myth to scare children about what happens if they never brush their teeth, Nigel Farage, announced that he's left UKIP because he does not recognise the party anymore, though that could be because everyone in it looks like they're increasingly melting. I give it five minutes before he complains that he's not left quickly enough and demands he returns in order to do it properly. 
After Farage's departure, Paul Nuttall also announced he was leaving, which was a shock to everyone, as we'd completely forgotten he existed and just assumed he was some sort of collage made of spam and boiled eggs. OMG WTF BBQ podchamps, how are you? I mean, I have to say, uh, today's podcast has gone through about six drafts until it became whatever this mess is that you're currently listening to. So many, there's been so many deletions and rewritions and uh, re-recordings. Um, I mean, as if it isn't enough for Theresa May to ruin her own plans and the country's, but also this podcast as well. The worst. She is the worst. You might remember that last week I said this week's show would be in two parts. Um, one I was going to do before the vote one after and there'd likely be no guest because the way that was going to work. Well, that was the plan and now no vote means only one very short part with so many news sprays happening throughout the day that this script has become sudden with pissy changes and no, there is no guest because of of Theresa bloody May. Add all that to my weekend, which uh, I don't know how yours was. I hope you had a lovely one. Mine has mostly been looking after a baby with a fever, which is all sorts of levels of awful, Um, apart from when you hug her because she was really warm and in this cold weather you kind of save on the heating bills. Um, my daughter was all of the temperatures and she spent day and night wailing in discomfort while refusing to take Nurofen or Calpol, um, leaving me and my wife in delirious tiredness uh, considering necking a bottle each just to get through it. I wish adult Nurofen tasted like oranges. Why do only kids get orange-tasting Nurofen? At least then, with a hangover, it would just taste like a mixer for whatever booze aftertaste you still had in your mouth. That'd be amazing. Oh, and I also discovered, on a much lighter note, that the uh, face recognition on my phone still unlocks for me when I'm wearing a Santa hat and beard, which has made me super paranoid that I'm going to get mugged by a mall Santa. They're not called mall Santas in the UK, are they? What do we call them here? Shopping Santa? No idea. Um, so, anyway, look, this episode, very short. Um, quick mini-admin for this week, um, which is a shout-out to Lawrence and John for joining the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash bro. And, actually, I put something up on the Patreon that I hope you'll enjoy uh, last week. Something, there was actual content. Oh, my God. Um, although, I will say, if you're a regular listener, because um, I don't believe in elitism, I will probably release a slightly edited version for all you subscribers anyway over the Christmas holes. But um, if you do wish to join the Patreon, then please do. Although it's probably best to wait to see if the pound recovers at all from all this Brexit nonsense. Otherwise, sponsoring me even a dollar could, I don't know what, lose you your house or something. Um, And while I think this podcast is definitely worth a house, you're probably going to need your house for when the purge kicks in after Brexit. So, you know, just for safety, don't do that. So maybe, maybe instead if you can't do the Patreon, um, buy me a coffee at uh, ko-fi.com forward slash Parpol Bro, and I'm considering making that page able to take monthly donations too. You have to pay, you have to pay monthly to that page so that you can make it monthly donations. It means you have to get enough donations to make it worth what would you? Stupid, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, you know, think about donating there if uh, that is your thing. Can giving me money be a thing? Is that a thing that you can have? A bit of a thing for giving me money? What's the sexual preference where you get no actual pleasure and I just get a coffee? Is that called coffee cupping? Coffee sports? Oh god, those are probably things, aren't they? I'm sure someone. There's probably whole websites uh, dedicated. Oh, that's that's my evening ruined looking those up. Anyway, um, a special thanks this week also to a listener who I will keep anonymous. Um, but they are helping me with a legal copyright issue on the basis that by doing so, that's their Patreon payment. So, you know, um, A, thank you very much. But also uh, to other listeners, I'm very open to that as well. If you don't want to donate with money, but you do have a particular skill set like uh, Liam Neeson's, um, you, 
you know, then uh, feel free to send me cakes uh, or teach me kung fu or have all my enemies assassinated. I'll be hugely grateful for any of those. Obviously, cakes are definitely best. Um, thanks to uh, to those of you who wrote bloody lovely reviews over the past week. One recent one in particular very much made my day. Although to be fair, the rest of my day did mostly involve a very feverful baby being sick on me. So it's not saying much. But I was really, really chuffed. Thank you. They're very lovely words. Um, if you too would like to review the show with stars or words or a series of emojis that I can decipher to read your opinions on what will happen next with Brexit, any of those, please do so on your favourite podcast apps. So uh, this week's show is pretty much what you've already heard. And one more little bit, because there's, there's some things that are happening that aren't Brexit. I thought I'd include them. Um, but that is it, really, because I am exhausted and no one knows what's going on. No one. No one's got a clue. Essentially, what you've tuned into this week is the audiobook of one man's breakdown with occasional jokes, all caused by Theresa May. It's her fault. It's her fucking fault. Um, normal service will probably not resume next week because we are living in the darkest timeline. But hey, before that, at least, there is a little bit of this. Now, a cynical person might assume that with things as they are, an unexpected deportation from the UK to a Commonwealth country could almost be seen as an extreme attempt to aid. The Windrush scandal, however, and the government's deportation of many British citizens was just part of their purposefully planned hostile environment policy. A policy that, again, does now really seem pointless when the only way it could be a more hostile place was if May insisted Foreign Secretary and Elastic Spanner Jeremy Hunt meet and greet everyone at the airport one by one. Despite saying they do everything in their power to fix things, the Home Office have now... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. ...that there are 49 people who are wrongly deported to Nigeria and Ghana between March and September 2017 who they haven't bothered to get in touch with to fix their British credentials. Or, as they put it, there was no specific attempt to contact them. You know, so there is every chance they gave them a call by accident. I mean, that happens, right? You're at work, you lean on your phone, it calls a British citizen in Nigeria that you kicked out of the country because you lost their paperwork. A National Audit Office report said the Home Office had a distinct lack of curiosity about finding out who'd been affected. I mean, curiosity? That's not a British value. Imagine if Brits tried to find out about things. What would happen to our parliamentary democracy then? Sensible decisions, elected officials that aren't just arseholes with enough money. Oh, that'd be weird and so un-British. 
There are detention and deportation files of 160,000 Commonwealth nationals that need to be reviewed, but the Home Office have basically said it's too much work to do, so they're not doing it. Ugh, typical lazy Brits. What they want to do is hire some workers from abroad to actually give a shit about it. Health Secretary Matt Hancock, a man who always looks like he's about to tell you a really boring story about the day he wore odd socks and nothing happened, he's been accused of breaking ministerial code in what I like to call an everyday occurrence in today's political climate. This accusation from the Labour Party says Hancock has endorsed a private healthcare company after he appeared in the London Evening Standard's Future London Health Supplement, which probably just featured three pages of people coughing and someone fainting on the tube in summer. This supplement was backed by private firm Babylon, so-called because its ethos is from 6th century BC, which stands for Before Care. In his interview in The Standard, Hancock mainly wangs on about Babylon's GP at hand app because he just loves his apps, does Matt? Bloody loves them. Apps for all his things, you know, like having a GP at hand or stealing everyone's information at a Conservative conference. He bloody loves them, that Hancock. And this app in particular charges patients £9.99 a month to get fast-track treatment and it's listed as an app on the Health Secretary's ministerial phone. But the ministerial code says MPs should not normally accept invitations to act as patrons to or in support of organisations dependent in or in part of government funding. Shadow Minister and Sean Bean stunt double Justin Madders said that by promoting pay for access health funds, it goes directly against the objectives and principles of the NHS, which is free at the point of use and open to all. Well, for now, and hopefully for as long as possible. Hancock has promoted the app in The Telegraph too, given talks that their head offices and their CEO is among 10 tech executives who met Matt Hancock within days of getting his fancy new position. Obviously, the Department of Health have said that this isn't the case, and he's not promoting them specifically, and it's just part of Matt loving his apps and promoting loads of technologies that can help patients outcome. Oh I see, that's what Hancock meant when he was campaigning for people to get proactive about their health and lose loads of pounds. I have no idea. I mean, there's every chance anything I say now will be irrelevant by tomorrow. Maybe, maybe just adopt the brace position and hope for the best. At least if we all eat enough over Christmas, we might survive through a month of no deal on fat supplies alone. Maybe, maybe go to local social occasions to suss out which of your neighbours will be best to eat first. Hey, why not try learning how to make a fire using a car that's been abandoned in Kent? Or start foraging for insulin. <laughs> And that's it for this week's Partly Political Broadcast podcast. Yes, it was a brief one, and yes, there was no guest, and yes, I blame Theresa May for all of that and, well, most things. I mean, there's no chocolate in our flat. That's likely her fault. My socks have a hole in. Definitely her fault. I had to park around the corner from where I live. I mean, she really has to go. She should really resign. It should be a normalish episode next week, and then there's a little break over Christmas unless the government has some sort of big break, uh, and that needs to be commented on. But thank you for choosing this show for your newsings and amusings, and please do review the podcast on your favourite pod apps, especially you, Matt Hancock, and donate to the Patreon. Though, I mean, yeah, maybe wait a few days and see how that goes. Or the Kofi. And please just do tell others that if they'd like to hear a podcast that includes loads of bad edits where the host had to cut out him openly weeping as yet another terrible government decision has ruined five minutes of decent material, then hey, they should tune in. Thank you lots to Acast for checking this show into its Podrum 29, to my brother the last sceptic for all the noises that aren't the ones I make, and to Cat Day for typing up the linear liner notes even though this week she's got an easy job. This will be back next week when it's likely the government will have just petered out like an 80s power ballad, getting smaller and quieter every day until we realise there's no one there anymore, it's just that someone's left a light on in the kitchen. And then the entire Palace of Westminster folds in on itself and collapses, only for a small worm to appear from the rubble with a crown on and lead our country 
into a more sensible future. Bye! This week's show is brought to you by Prime Minister Cheddar. It's the best cheddar available, but it still tastes mostly like dog sick. Our tasters get booked in to make sure it tastes great and then cancelled last minute out of fear that they won't say that, so hey, why bother? Prime Minister Cheddar, rich but with no discernible character and far too crumbly for any use. Just do tell others that if they'd like to hear a podcast that includes loads of bad edits where the host had to cut out him openly weeping as yet another terrible government decision has ruined five minutes of decent material, then hey, they should tune in. Thank you lots to Acast for checking this show into its Podrum 29, to my brother the last sceptic for all the noises that aren't the ones I make, and to Cat Day for typing up the linear liner notes even though this week she's got an easy job. This will be back next week when it's likely the government will have just petered out like an 80s power ballad, getting smaller and quieter every day until we realise there's no one there anymore, it's just that someone's left a light on in the kitchen. And then the entire Palace of Westminster folds in on itself and collapses, only for a small worm to appear from the rubble with a crown on and lead our country into a more sensible future. Bye! This week's show is brought to you by Prime Minister Cheddar. It's the best cheddar available, but it still tastes mostly like dog sick. Our tasters get booked in to make sure it tastes great and then cancelled last minute out of fear that they won't say that, so hey, why bother? Prime Minister Cheddar, rich but with no discernible character and far too crumbly for any use. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.